Thank you all for coming. Chag Sameach, Yom Ha'atzmeut Sameach. I want to give a shir and learn with you the topic of Kedushas Haaretz. And to understand what Kedusha is, to understand what we're celebrating today, part of what we're celebrating today, and what the hope is for the future going forward as a... We don't just have a state of Israel. We hope that this continues to be racist. Semichaz Gulaseinu. I want to begin this year by asking, what was the status of Eretz Yisrael from the time of creation until we as a nation entered into Eretz Yisrael? When Adam was hanging around Gan Eden, what was the status of Eretz Yisrael? When Noah was not living in Eretz Yisrael, he was living... A different part of the... By Ararat, that's where the Teva landed, which is near Assyria. So, what was the status of Eretz Yisrael? One second. And then when Avram Avinu is told, come to Eretz Yisrael, come to this land, when did he get its Kedusha? And then when Yitzchak was living there, never left. And then Yaakov eventually left. What was the status of Israel? Then we were gone from Eretz Yisrael, the whole life of Yaakov, uh, from the time Yaakov was 130, he was the last person living in Israel, and after that they were in Mitzrayim and the Shibud, eventually Yitzhak Mitzrayim, and 40 years in the Midbar. What was the status of Eretz Yisrael then? That's the beginning question of the year, And then we'll discuss when the Kedusha came about, how it developed, different stages, and where it stands today. So, some thoughts. Question is, what was the status of Eretz Yisrael in Sefer Bereshis, and for that matter, for the entire period of the Chumash? Yes. I feel like there had to be some kedusha. Didn't uh, aren't the Midrashim that say that uh, when Hashem created the world, started in, Yerush- in, in, in Yerushalayim and then started in Israel? And right. I definitely think there has to be some level of kedusha, like um, right, right. There's the Midrash that says that Hashem created Adam Afar Min Haadama from the from the dirt. So what was, what's the dirt? Not just dirt. The dirt refers to? The dirt by the Beit HaMikdash, where the future Beit HaMikdash. So there had to be something special about it. And, uh, so what we really got to do is define what is Kedusha mean. Yeah, because it's clear Eretz Yisrael was special, but was it Kadosh? Yes. Also that uh, fact that uh, like Yitzhak Avinu wasn't allowed to leave Eretz Yisrael, I think that right. shows, and the fact that uh, I heard, I heard, I think, I, I think this was Rashi who said it, that why, how, like, the question, why was, why was Yaakov allowed to marry two wives? And I've heard answers that like, he only kept the Torah in Israel. Yeah, he was out of Israel. He uh, right. never Excellent. keep it. Or, that, and like, that's the why Rambam. when Rachel died before he got back to Israel. So that definitely right. shows that there right. has to be some so sort what, of... So uh, what's Jewish. definite, what's, what's not even debatable is that Eretz Israel is extremely special. I'm going to show it to you in three different ways from the Chumash, but you'll see not one of these ways makes it Kadosh. Look at the first source. The first source, um, missing a vav, I apologize. Vayera Hashem al Avram. Vayomer, Hashem appears to Avram. This is right after Avram followed Hashem's commandment of Lech Lecham leaving his, his family and his home country and coming to this land. Hashem says when he gets there, Vayomer lezaracha etenas arzazos. This is your land. And out of Hakaris atov, vayiven sham mizbeach l'Hashem anirilah. Right away Avram builds a mizbeach. What you see from this Pasuk and every one of the Avot, each of the Avot was promised the same promise, this is going to be your land. So it's definitely the land of the bris. 
you can't even live in Eretz Yisrael without a bris. When Bnei Yisrael get to Eretz Yisrael, as soon as they cross into the Yardin, who cross from one side of the Yardin to the other, the first thing Yeshua does to them, give them a bris milah. Eretz Yisrael is definitely, in English we would call it the covenantal land, because it's part of the bris that Hashem made with Avram, and reiterated with Yitzchak, and reiterated with Yaakov. So Eretz Yisrael is for sure the covenantal land. But that doesn't make it the holy land. So we know from Sefer Bereshis that Eretz Yisrael is the covenantal land. We also... You have a comment, yes? Um, I was, may ask, can I ask me an answer? Okay, whatever you then we know that Eretz Yisrael is the spiritual land. We're not going to read the second source inside, but the Pesukim say that the Averas of all the Canaanite nations got them kicked out of the land. It contaminated the land. The land, Vataki Haaretz, Osam, the land had to vomit them out because it couldn't stomach the immorality. And Eretz Yisrael can't tolerate what other lands can tolerate. The Ramban says that stone had to be destroyed not just because it was evil, but because it was evil in Eretz Yisrael. That level of evil might have been tolerated somewhere else, but in Eretz Yisrael, no way. So we know that Eretz Yisrael has, is a spiritual land. It can't tolerate some of the Averas that other lands can tolerate. Not only that, if you look at the third source, it's a land of Hashgacha. Hashem's involvement, Hashem's interaction with us is at its peak. When we're in Eretz Yisrael, if you look at the third source, Eretz Asher Hashem Elokecha Doreshosa, it's a land which Hashem constantly looks into its needs. Tamid Ene Hashem Elokecha Hashem's eyes are always fixed on Eretz Yisrael. Mireshis Hashana Viat Acharishana. From beginning to the end of the year, we're held under a microscope in terms of our behavior, but also in terms of our needs and how Hashem can help us. And uh, the previous Pasuk says, Hashem purposely made Eretz Yisrael without its own body of water so that Hashem could be the gardener, always bringing water when we need it, plus when we deserve it. So Eretz Yisrael, according to the Torah, is definitely covenantal land, bris. It's definitely a spiritual land. It's definitely a land of hashgacha. Is it kadosh? Yes? Wouldn't the spiritual aspect uh, imply kadusha? Okay, so does it apply Kedusha? I'm going to show you what I believe the spiritual aspect means look, based on the next source, but it does not apply, imply Kedusha. The next source is the Kuzari. The Kuzari is a book of philosophy by Rabbi Yudah Halevi, and he's explaining, really to Jews, what we believe, but the context is a conversation with a non-Jewish king trying to convince him of Judaism. And when the topic of Ertesha comes up, the Kuzari says, let me explain to you how holy Israel is and how necessary it is. He says, gives, he takes an analogy. If you have the most fertile land in the world, will it automatically grow the best fruits? No, because you need the right seed. The right seeds to put in. If you have the best seeds in the world, but a land that's not fertile, will the seeds develop into the ultimate fruit? No. You need the ultimate seed and the ultimate land and you need a third ingredient and that's the right gardener and if you put all three together the fruit and the produce will be of the highest caliber. That's true in farming, 
and he says it's true for growth and spirituality. You take the greatest seed, which Rabbi Levi says is the seed coming from Avram Avinu. It's a great seed. If you plant that seed in land that's not fertile, it's not going to grow. If you took Zera Avram and had them stay in Mitzrayim, they wouldn't become the holy people they could become. They have to be put in a land that's conducive to Kedusha. So you have to take the Zera of Avram, the great seed, put it in the most fertile place for spiritual growth, Eretz Yisrael, and even that's no guarantee because you need to work it. There's got to be a, a gardener toiling and toiling and toiling. And he says, that's the Torah. The Torah is there to work us, to make us refine, to help us eliminate our flaws, to bring out our strengths. And that combination of three, the seed, the land, and the gardener, the Zerah Avram, Eretz Yisrael, and the Torah, that produces the ultimate. And if you look at the Kuzari, just the underline, he says, Aval, lo yitachein, it is impossible, l'skula hazot, to this chosen treasured people, lehagia el ha'inyan ha'eloki, to reach their spiritual peak, b'baladei hamakom without being in Eretz Yisrael. Many of you who had the privilege to learn in Eretz Yisrael for, uh, for a year, if not more, you find, I had the experience, you'll tell me if you feel the same way, you were able to grow in a different way than you're able to grow here and watch the nights. You have to grow in both places, but there's something about Avira de Yisrael that helps you grow spiritually. It's hard to explain, but it's the spiritual capital of the world. Okay. Everything we've said is from the Chumash. It complements Yisrael, but it doesn't make it Kadosh. It's definitely the most special place in the world, but when we speak of Kedusha, we speak of something very specific. I heard this first from Rabbi Sabolovsky, and then I heard it in the name of the Rav. When we speak about Kedusha, it has to mean mitzvos. Look at the, look at the next source, a Mishnah from Caleb. Eser Kedushos Hain. There are ten levels of holiness in this world in terms of location. And if you go on, the Mishnah actually lists ten. If you count that, really lists eleven. Kasha. But Eretz Yisrael, Mikudesh Mikol Haratzos. Eretz Yisrael is the holiest place. Mahi Kedushasa. What's its Kedusha? Now, the Mishnah could have said, you know what its Kedusha is? It's the land that Hashem told to give to Avram. Or, it's the land that spits out all of the, uh, the Avaryanim. Or, it's the land which Hashem watches closely from the beginning of the end of the year. All the Psikum we quoted. It doesn't say that. You know what its Kedusha is? When it comes to these three karbanos, the Omer is brought on the second day of Pesach, the Bikurim and Shtelechem are brought on Shavuos, you only can bring the produce on from Eretz Yisrael produce, and you can't bring them from outside of Israel. And then the Mishnah delineates nine or ten more Kedushas, and for each one it says, then comes the walled cities, then comes Har Habayis, and then comes this part of the Har Habayis, and then that part of that part, until you get to the Kodesh Kedashim. And each time the Mishnah says, what's the Kedusha? Not like, you're so close to the Shem, is a Halacha. So when it comes to Kedusha, it's not just spiritual spirituality or closeness to Hashem, it has to transform itself into a Halacha. A story told about the Rav on, uh, on Yom Kippur. His father, or his grandfather, maybe Rabbi can, can help me with the story, but on, on, um, on Yom Kippur, it was right before Ne'ilah. And either the Rav's father, that's the way I heard it, 
um, took him outside as the sun was setting, and he said, that's not only a sunset. It looks beautiful, it looks pleasing, you can see Hashem in that sunset, but you have to think mitzvahs and halacha. That sunset brings forgiveness halachically to the Jewish people because the itzumo shalyom mechaper. So it's not just a beautiful sunset and a way to connect to God, it actually translates into halacha, into a real nafkamina. When it comes to Kedusha, what's the Kedusha of Israel? Well, the Mishnah says it's a place from which you bring the karbanos. It has to translate into halacha. So my question to you, and really the topic of the Shir is, when did Eretz Yisrael get that Kedusha for the first time? And what happened to it? And as we go through the ages, how did that Kedusha grow, diminish, remain the same? That's the basic topic for this year. And I'll give you just one more mushal. I'll ask you the question, not about Eretz Yisrael, but about us, the Jewish people. When did the Jewish people get Kedusha? Did, was Avram, did Avram have Kedusha Yisrael? Did Yitzchak, Yaakov, did Moshe Rabbeinu's father have Kedusha Yisrael? So, were they the chosen people? Yes. Were they great people, spiritual people, close to God? Yes, 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 yes. <coughs> like we said for Yisrael. When did they actually get Kedusha? So there's a Gemara that says that all the laws of conversion are learned out from, almost all of them are learned out from? Uh-huh. No. He, he, did, he did convert many people, but not to Judaism. Rus. He made them believers. What? Rus. Rus is the story of an individual conversion. We learned a little bit out from Rus, but not the majority. Parsha is Yisrael, but Matan Torah. What the Jews did in Matan Torah, where it says that they had to wash themselves like a mikvah, do Kabbalah's mitzvahs, that's what every ger has to go through. And Rus is the story of one individual, but it's read on Shavuos because Shavuos was the national conversion. So the Jewish people got Kedusha Yisrael not because they were great spiritual people close to God. At that point, they were the chosen people, special people. But when you speak about Kedusha, and you asked at the beginning, what is Kedusha? Kedusha has to translate into a halachic status. So we became obligated in mitzvahs at Harsinai, that's when we got the Kedusha. So if you ask about Eretz Yisrael, what was the status of Eretz Yisrael when the, uh, the Avos were living there? Or even before, 100% it was, a whole, it was the chosen place, the special place, God's involvement. But it didn't get Kedusha until laws went into effect. Now when the... Yes? Akashah. Kedusha. Perfect. Can't say better than that. No, no parish needed. Yes. So, is were there traces of kedusha in the times of the avos? And you also said before that it could be, according to the, uh, the Ramban's theory, that Yaakov and the avos kept the mitzvot when they were in Israel, at least at, as a, at a voluntary level. So, yeah. we're going to discuss that. The Gemara has a statement in many places called kedusha rishona, and we're going to explain what it is. First, I'm going to give you one opinion, quoted in Toskos, which is not what we follow. But the Gemara makes a statement that's Kedusha Rishona, Kedusha Shnia, and we will see that halachically we held that the Kedusha Rishona lasted for some time, but then stopped, and Kedusha Shnia we'll see lasted much longer. What's Kedusha Rishona? 
according to Rabbeinu Hanano. We don't, it's not the accepted opinion, but if you look at Rabbeinu Hanano, this is um, on the first side, right before Roman numeral 2, in Tosos Yivamos Pebeis. Pirish Rabbeinu Hanano, Rishona, the Kedusha Rishona, the first time Eretz got actual Kedusha was Yerusha's Avram Yitzchak Yaakov. This is Rabbeinu Hanano. It actually got Kedusha during the Avos' time period. And then, as long as the Avos were there, the Kedusha was there. Perhaps, like you're saying, Avram had some mitzvos, <laughs> and could be that the Avos all voluntarily kept the Torah, that's a Midrashi, but maybe we'll go with that approach. And then when they left, that Kedusha disappeared. And when, what's Kedusha Shniya? Kedusha Shniya, which you'll see lasts much longer, that would be the next time we arrived. Who is the next Jew in Israel after Yaakov left? Yeshua. Yeshua, and that whole generation, that would be Kedusha Shniya. We, we don't hold like this. But that's one opinion. Rabbi Rabbi. What? <laughs> Good point. Good point. So it would mean like not just passing by. You'd have to, you'd have to stay there. But we'll, we'll actually get back to that. So this is one opinion. So Roman numeral one. What's the status of Eretz from Brias until Yeshua? Definitely the most special place in the world. When it comes to Kedusha, there's one opinion that said it actually picked up Kedusha. It would have to translate into some mitzvos, but... Pashtus is without a nation of Am Yisrael there. Eretz Yisrael was a great place for Hashem to relate to us as individuals, but it did not have Kedusha. It's all the other good things we mentioned, but it is not Kadosh. And this is, you'll see coming up. When did Eretz Yisrael achieve Kedusha? So that, according to most commentaries, is in the times of Yeshua. Kedusha Rishona is when, as a nation... We enter Eretz Yisrael. I want to take just a few minutes. Why does everybody agree that there, that there was Kedusha Rishon and Kedusha Shnia? All right, so, so Kedusha means, we'll just spell it, Kedusha means Chayev in mitzvos that relate to the land as opposed to when you're outside of Israel. So when did Truma go into effect? And Maser, and Shemitah, and other mitzvos that are Tluyos Ba'aretz. When did they all go into effect? They had to go into effect from the times of Yeshua for as long as we stay there, this Kedusha would last 850 years. It includes the period of the Mishkan and the, the first base of Mikdash, and it ends when we as a nation leave Eretz Yisrael. Why do we have to assume that it ended? Why can't we assume that there's just one Kedusha? One right, Kedusha that, that continued. Yeah. Oh, you'll see. It's, it's based on the Pesukim. We're about to see it in a, in a moment. With Babel. When Babel destroyed the base of Mikdash, that's when the first Kedusha ended. Okay. And then Kedusha Shnia would be 70 years later when B'nai Yisrael returned. They returned, they were led by a man named Zerubavel. And Zerubavel built up the Beis HaMikdash. The Gemara doesn't give him the, the shout-out. The Gemara calls it Ezra. Truth of the matter is Ezra came... Didn't Zerubavel Daniel? No, I'm sorry. What was it? Oh, Sheshbatar you think it of. But that's not... Yeah, that's, it could be Midrashi, but it could be. Simple pshat... Zerubbabel led, we'll see the Pesukim, a group, a large group of people to Eretz Yisrael. And it took him a while, but he eventually built the Beit HaMikdash. And after the Beit HaMikdash was built, along comes Ezra, and he became like the Rebbe of the Kedusha Shnia. So they call it Kedusha's Ezra. And this lasted for how many years? Until the Chorban. And we have a tradition, it was 4 to 20 years. So that's Kedusha Rishon and Kedusha Shnia. Now, look at there's an amazing episode when Kedusha Rishona began. Look at the Psukim 
in the bottom of the first side, Yoshua Perakeh, the Psukim say that as soon as Yoshua crossed into Israel, and he just gave everybody a bris milah, that's Perakeh of Yoshua, the Pasuk says, I'm just going to go through it in, in, uh, in English quickly, Yeshua was in Yericho. He lifts up his eyes. He sees, whoa, there's a person standing in front of him with a sword that's drawn. And he comes to Yeshua. And Yeshua says to him, whoa, who are you? Whose side are you on? And this being says, no, no, you got it wrong. I'm not on your side. I'm not on the other side. I'm a sar tseva Hashem. I'm an angel. And Yeshua falls down. He bows down. And he says to the angel, what do you have to tell me? What's your message? Now, the Pusik you see before you is the last Pusik of the parak. And it's the only part of the conversation that's recorded between Yeshua and the angel. So there's an angel that appears to Yeshua and says, here is what I came to tell you. Take off your shoe. Because the land you're on is, is Kodesh. It's Kodesh, that's our word. End of topic. The next Pasuk, skip the Shmo's Gimel part, we'll come to that in a second. The next Pasuk is Parak Alav Yoshua. I actually left off Pasuk Alf. The Pasuk Alf says Yericho was so Gerudim is Sugerud. Yericho was a closed off city, and they were nervous about Benisha's attack. And Hashem tells Yoshua, You got this. Here's how we're going to conquer Yericho. You're going to circle the city, blow the shofars, the walls will fall down. The question the Mepharshim were troubled by is. This we're talking about at the first moments of Eretz Yisrael's being inhabited by us. An angel appears to Yeshua and says, "Take off your shoe; it's holy." Okay. Now what? Nothing. There's no follow-up comment. So what happened? The Mefarshim are so bothered by this. Some say that the conversation you have in the next parak, where Hashem tells Yeshua, "Circle Yericho," and this is how you conquer the city. That must have been the angel still speaking, even though the Pasuk is by Yomer Hashem now. But it must be the angel still speaking, or else the angel had no point of coming. But I believe there's a deeper meaning going on here that, that hits right to the, the heart of the year. What's happening is, what do you know the phrase, Shal Na'acham Yaragach? Where is that from? From Moshe. Where by Moshe? Harsi. So Moshe was standing at the burning bush, you know, this is a year or two before it became Har Sinai, but he's standing at the bush at Har Sinai, and Hashem tells him at the burning bush, take off your shoes, you're standing at Holy Land. Then, Yitzhak Mitzrayim happens, Ben Yisrael come back, this mountain becomes Har Sinai, the ultimate Kedusha, and then Ben Yisrael stay at Har Sinai for a year. They leave, they go through the Midbar for 40 years. What happened to Har Sinai? It loses its Kedusha, and the Ramban among others, says it didn't disappear. The Kedusha was bottled up, put into the Mishkan, so to speak, and the Mishkan carried the Kedusha of Harsinai, especially because it had the Luchos and the Aaron at its heart, the Kodesh HaKadashim, and it carried it into Eretz Yisrael. So where did the Kedusha of Harsinai go? You tell me. Where did the Kedusha of Harsinai go? To Eretz Yisrael. The first moment that we get into Eretz Yisrael... Yoshua is told by an angel this point. The land you're about to enter is now getting Kedusha. How does the angel relate that message? He says, because just like Hashem told Moshe, take off your shoes, because this is holy, all the angels to say to Yoshua is, ditto. Whatever Hashem told Moshe at Harsinai, 
you do the same right now. Because this land is getting the Kedusha of Harsina right now. And there's something amazing that goes on. Once this happens, Yeshua is then told how to conquer Yericho. And there are three unique aspects to what he's told that appear in only two other contexts of the Torah, but what they are is amazing. Yeshua is told to circle the city for seven days. And then on the seventh day, how many times to circle? Um, seven. seven. Like what we do on Hoshana Rabbah. That's one. While you're doing this, the Kohanim should blow shofar. And then, at the very end, you're supposed to blow a horn, which is called Yovel. Oh. Now, that's three things. Seven and seven, shofar and Yovel. Anybody know where else we find these three things? There are two other times oh. only where you find these three converging in one. Yes? Shemitah and Yovel. Shemitah and Yovel. Shemitah and Yovel. Correct. Shemitah and Yovel is a, seven, a, year, a cycle of seven times seven. You blow the shofar on the 50th year, and it's called Yovel. The word Yovel just means horn. It's become the name of the entire year, but it's all because of the shofar. Where else? Anybody else? Uh, the, uh, the shofar, I mean, the, the circle in the city was, uh, you know, all these 13 times altogether. The first six days once, and the seventh day seven times. So True. Six, six plus it seven was, is 13. You're right. But I'm not looking at it like that. I'm looking at his seven days of circling, and on the seventh day, seven times. So I'm looking at his seven days, and on one day, seven times. I, not that it, you're right; it's 13, one's 49 and 50, but just the seven and seven is the is the pattern I'm looking at, and the shofar, and the yovel. So it definitely appears by shemitah and yovel. Oh, sure. And where else? Mamad Arsinai. Mamad Arsinai. So Mamad Arsinai, it took us 49 days to get from Mitzrayim to Arsinai. It says that the shofar was sounding from the heavens. And when that siren ended, then people could ascend the mountain. Which parsha are the laws of Shemitah and Yovel in? I think... Well, only one of those two. Uh-huh. Which one? Bahar. Uh-huh. Bahar. How do you know that? Because, I mean, because you know it. <laughs> but aside from that, it says, Vayiraber Hashem Moshe, Bahar Sinai Mor. It's the source on the top of the next page. And all the mitzvahs of Shemitah follow. What's Rashi's question on that Pasuk? What does one have to do with the other? You could have introduced any mitzvah in Tanakh in the Torah by saying Hashem told Moshe Har Sinai. Isn't that something people say whenever you say Whenever you say something irrelevant. Mayan and Shemitah, Yitzel Har Sinai. So, but here's the deeper meaning. You have an answer to that question right now. You know what the connection is between Shemitah, Har Sinai? Everything. It's Shemitah, it's, it's three things. It's Shemitah, Har Sinai, and Yericho. If you look in the Tanakh, this is Rabbi Yitzchak Torsky pointed this out to me, there is no other time the word Yobel appears. You might find other times like seven and shofar, but these three, and especially with Yovel, it's only these three contexts. What's the deeper idea? The deeper idea is Har Sinai is the source of Kedusha. That's when Hashem revealed Himself to this world. That's the source of Kedusha. But we're learning now that Yoshua was to take that, or Moshe took the Kedusha, bottled it up, Mishkan, transported it to Eretz Yisrael, and now Eretz Yisrael is receiving the Kedusha of Har Sinai. How is that demonstrated? How did B'nai Yisrael learn that the Kedusha of the land they're entering 
is the Kedush of Arsinai in two ways. As soon as they get in, Yerichel, and it, that's why you circle seven times, seven days and seven times, and Shofran Yomal, because the last time you heard this, it was at Harsinai. That's Yerichel. And by the way, one more thing I, I didn't point out, but it wasn't just they were circling the city. In the middle of the camp was the Aram. The Aram was smack in the middle. And they're carrying, the Kohanim are carrying the Aron around the city. So it's really Harsinai. And then, that's a one-time thing. And going forward, how would B'nai Yisrael remember that the Kedusha of Harsinai is with them? Shemitah and Yovel. So Shemitah and Yovel, repeat the cycle, seven days, sorry, seven years, times seven, the 50th year, Shofar and Yovel. Shofar and Yovel, Yovel, the land becomes... It's, the land is off limits, like Harsinim is off limits. The Kliyakar points out that last part. And then you also understand Rashi's question and the Chazal's question. Ma inyan shmita etzel Harsinai? Out of all the mitzvahs in the Torah, why connect specifically Shemitah to Harsinai? It's this idea. It's to teach you that the entire Eretz Yisrael is receiving its Kedusha, and it's the very Kedusha of Harsinai that was bottled up and brought to Eretz Yisrael. So even though in general we say Man Yishmita Yitzhar Zina, they have nothing to do with each other, you can say that by anything, there's much deeper idea going on. There, of course they should be connected, so that you realize that every time you celebrate Shemitah and Yoma, you're living in a land that partakes of the Kedusha of Harsina. Okay. So this is all known as the Kedusha Rishona. How long did that Kedusha last for? Flip over to the second side. How long did the Kedusha last? So the Gemara says this, and it's passing by the Rambam. Look at Kul and Davzayin, among other places. Kasavar Kedusha Rishona Kitshel Ashaita Velo Kitshel Asilavo. The Kedusha Rishona lasted for its time, which means it lasted 850 years, as long as we were there. And then, Lola Asilavo, it did not last. So for the 70 years in between. The first Kedusha and the second, there's a 70-year gap here, the land of Israel lost its Kedusha. You see something amazing here. Just like in the times of the Avos, there was no Kedusha for the land. It was just a special place, the most special place, but then Kedusha, because there was no nation there, it's the nation that creates the Kedusha. So when the nation leaves, the Kedusha should leave. And that's what the Gemara is saying, Kedusha Rishon and Kedusha Shaita. The Kedusha didn't last. Whatever Yeshua did when he circled the city and all that, that lasted for 850 years, but we had to be there. As soon as we leave, it goes back to like it was during the times of the Avos, the chosen land, the spiritual land, the special place, but not for us. There was no Kedusha. Look at, look at Hilchos Trim in the Rambam. Kol Shehechaziku Ole Mitzrayim, which is Yeshua, Vinis Kadesh Kedusha Rishono, Kevan Shegalu Batlu Kedusha. So the Kedusha is gone. She Kedusha Rishona. The Rambam now gives a reason. Lefisha Haisa Mevneha Kibush Bilvan. Because it came around about through conquering. And specifically Yericho, the first city. Kitshel Ashaitev Lo Kitshel Asidavo. The Kedusha didn't last. Which means, practically, if you were a Jew living at that time and you wanted to go to Israel during those 70 years of Gullus, and you wanted to eat the fruit, you didn't have to separate any Trimar Meiser. You didn't have to worry about Shemitah. If the Chazal say that the 70 years was connected 70 Shemitahs that we, we ignored, 
But if you came, you don't have to worry about the count anymore. It was, it, the Kedusha dissipated. Okay. Then what happens? The Kedusha comes back with Ezra. With really Zerubbabel, but I, I had the Pesukim here in Roman numeral 3. Yes, question. It seems to, it, it seems to disappear because of the, it was the, the technicality because it came because of conquest. And conquest uh, so that, that's what we're going to get to. Okay. Right. Until now, I, I presented it like it, it, the Kedusha is only there when we're there and because we left, the Kedusha leaves, but that's you're Medaic in the Rambam, and you're right. We'll come back to that. It seems like it was not just that we were there, not there. It was that it was created through Kibush. Okay. Comes Sefer Ezra. I'm going to say this outside, but they're great sukkim to read. How are we allowed back? And if you compare how we were allowed in the first time versus how we were allowed back, and I try to find parallels, they're like none. They're completely different circumstances. When we entered Eretz Yisrael, it was with Hashem leading the way, miracles left and right, and we conquered the cities. It was amazing. When we were allowed back the second time, there were no miracles. There wasn't even a Navi at that time saying, go back, go back, go back. The Pasuk says in Ezra, if you look at the first few sources, I'm just going to say it in English, it was the first year of Koresh, and Hashem aroused in Koresh a spirit, an inspiration and Koresh announced, so says Koresh, King of Pras, all the empires of the world Hashem gave me, and Hashem has commanded me, Koresh, a non-Jew, to authorize and be responsible for the building of his house in Yerushalayim. So whoever is a Jew and wants to go, you have my permission. And skipping a parak and a half, the, the next source, how many people came? The Pasuk says 42,360 Jews came. Uh-huh. Out of, well, let's, it's hard to know out of how many, but ten tribes were exiled and never came back. So we're talking about two tribes plus Levi, and of those two tribes and Levi, this was a, an extreme minority. It was the Jews who really didn't have a good life in Bavel, and they said, we might as well try out Eretz Yisrael, and they came. But the overwhelming majority of the Jews did not come back. So uh, according to, um, I'm going to tell you the approach of the Kuzari, we're just discuss, discussing it here. He says they had a good in Bavel. Right. And on top of that, he doesn't say this, but I'm adding this, that in the times of Yeshua, it was clear that God was leading the way. Here, you know who's uh, allowing them to come back? A non-Jewish king says, you want to build a mouse? Go. You have my blessing. Well, where's the Navi telling me to do it? And the Pesukim say, you don't have it here, but the Pesukim say, whoever Hashem inspired came back. And if you try to understand it better, the best way to understand it is think about right now, where am I living? Where are you living? Why are we here and not in Israel? So, you say, well, there's no Ben Amikdash. Well, they didn't have Ben Amikdash either. They're coming back to build it. And uh, today, well, why are they in Israel? Because how do I know it's the divine plan? It was the United Nations. So then it was Koresh. Today it was the, the United Nations or the Balfour Declaration. But, it's hard. We get comfortable, so we stay. It's not, not something we should think about a lot. How do you know the people who went back were doing because they had a poor life? Maybe they're just more Zionistically inclined. Right, right, right. So that's if you if you read the Pesukim from Ezra, that's that's the approach I would take. The Kuzari doesn't take that approach. He says the people who came back were the people who who just uh, he, they, they had nothing to lose. That that was his lashon, and he says that's why Bayitcheni never became as miraculous as they would have hoped. Because the people didn't invest in Bayat Cheney. They never 
the Jews stayed in Bavel for the most part. They didn't sacrifice to come. So Hashem met them with their level of investment, which was only partial. So Hashem only gave a partial um, Shechina. Okay. So the Jews come back and buy a chain. And the Kedusha comes back. How long did that Kedusha last for? The Kedusha Shnia. Before we see the source, would you say it lasted just for their duration, like the first Kedusha? Or somehow this Kedusha would last even beyond the destruction of the Mikdash for 20 years later? What do you think? Just logic. Forget what you know in general. Oh, Logically. Logically, I would say only while the Jews were there. I would, be, it should say the same. I would say it's the same or even worse. Because the first Kedusha was miraculous. It was divine. It was us conquering the land, taking over from our enemies. This Kedusha was Koresh, inspired by God, but Koresh initiates, and only a small portion of the Jews come back, and they, they came back on their own, and we'll see, that's not the case. Somehow, even though the second Kedusha was much less miraculous, this Kedusha endured, and you'll see it coming up in the Gemara. Yes? I mean, to be fair, the Jews of Mitzrayim didn't have much of a choice but to go to Israel. Right. So maybe that minimal that minimized the the impact of their kedusha. I mean, it lasted a long time, but it it couldn't go beyond their stay. And these Jews risked a lot, and they came. Could be, yes. Also, the uh, after the bias rishon, all the Jews, I mean, not immediately, but eventually, all the Jews were kicked out of Eretz Israel. Uh, whereas the case of bias Shani, after Purim and bias Shani, uh. the Jews were still there, and there was although they, later on they conformed with the ghost because the conditions were so bad. But throughout mm. history, there are always some Jews in there. Very right. interesting. Excellent. Excellent shot. So we're, we're going to see the way the Rambam says this, but that that's an excellent insight, which coming to the show, I didn't, I didn't think of at all. I think it actually, now that you say it, it could fit into the Rambam. And uh, I like it. Very good. Go ahead. Okay, look at how long this Kedusha lasted. So how long, look at the middle or the towards the bottom of the second source. The Pusik says in Parshas Nitzavim, this is the Parsha of Mashiach. It says, when all the blessings and curses befall you, you'll eventually, after the curses, you'll do tshuva. In the exile, you'll think of Hashem, and you'll do tshuva, you'll come back to Israel. And the Pasuk says, when you come back, Hashem el You're going to come back to the land which your ancestors, Yeshua, once inherited, and you're going to inherit it again. And which will be greater? And I will make yours greater than your ancestors. The next Pasuk is a beautiful Pasuk. I put it anyways. Hashem will circumcise all of our hearts. We'll reach a very high level. And we'll serve Hashem. So says the Gemara on this Pasuk. It says, you go to the land which your ancestors inherited, number one, and you will inherit it again. Says the Gemara, look at Gemara Yivamos, Sar Rabbi Yochanan, Truma Bizman Azeh Doraisa. Rabbi Yochanan lived after Churban Bayesheni, and he's saying, even after the destruction, all the Truma is still Doraisa, and he says, I'm in line with Rabbi Yossi's opinion. Who's Rabbi Yossi? What's his opinion? He says, Titania Beseder Olam, Asher Yarshu Avosecha Virishta. The land which your ancestors inherited, you will then inherit. That's two inheritances. Yerusha Rishona, Vishniya Yeshlam. There'll be the need for one inheritance and another, but Shlishis Eimlahem. There will never be a need for a third Yerusha. 
to generate a third Kedusha. It doesn't use the word Kedusha, but it's this, that's what it means. You'll see Rashi. Um, there will never be a need to generate a third Kedusha because that's Rabbi Yosef's opinion that the Kedusha Rishona didn't last, but the Shnia did. Look at the Rashi, the second Rashi. Shlishis Elohim, Komar, Lo Ba'i Lemahader Umirsa. The third time around today, you will ne- you won't have to go back. Umirsa is like the word Yarish, and to inherit it again, the Yerusha Omedesi, because whatever they did with Ezra lasts. Kedusha, sorry, I skipped. Ve'Ashmin and Haikra, the Lo Batla Kedusha Saaretz Begalos Titos. When the Romans destroyed the Beit Hamikdash, that Geula did not. Cease, that Kedusha didn't cease, the Kedusha remained. And that's the opinion of the Gemara, which notice Kedusha Shnia was Kinsha Veshaita U Laasilavo. The Rishona was in the second one, and it's a Pella, because the first one was much less miraculous. So, sorry, the second one was much less miraculous, and that lasted beyond. So you have a grape shot, it could be we never left after the second one. But look at the word, look at the way the Ramam phrases it. Look at the Ramam bottom aside too. Kol Shehziku Ole Mitzrayim. This is the Ramam we already had, but now I quote it in full. Whichever land Yehoshua took control of, Vinizkadesh Kedusha Rishona, Kaven Shigalu Badu Kedushasan, Shekedusha Rishona, Lafisha Haisa Bame Hakibush Bilvad, since it came about through Kibush, Kitchalashaita Velo Kitchalasilavo. That was temporary. But Kevan She'alu B'nei Agola Ve'echziku That's the key word Chazaka B'mikzas Ha'aretz But once the exile came back And settled Hechziku means to settle In the land And there was no battle Because the owner of the land At that point was Korish And he said Here, it's yours, take it There, there was no battle to fight That was Kedushua Kedusha Shnia Ha'omedes La'olam L'shay Sulasibavo Forever And this is the distinction Rishona versus Shnia. The question is why? Why should the second one last longer than the first? And the Rambam's trying to explain it by saying the first one was Al Yadei Kibush, so that is going to be as long as we're there, but when we leave, Kedusha dissipates. The second one is not Kibush, it's Chazaka, and he says this in stronger terms later, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, that lasts. Why? Why should Kibush be less powerful than Chazaka? Kibush, you like took the land away from somebody. Chazaka, you just took land that was presented to you as a gift. Not only that, the Kesev Mishnah, on the bottom has another kasha. He says, I don't understand the Chiluk, but on top of that, what does Chazaka mean? How do we translate it? Um, like, the status quo? No. Well, that, sometimes it means that. But here, Chazaka means... What? Assumption. That's the same like, kind of thing, but it's a different definition. It says, Kevan Shehechaziku Ba'aretz. Well, they took it over from people who, who had kind of moved in, but I guess I guess not. I guess there were still kut in there, but we settled in our turf. Chazaka means you just settle. Chazaka means settling. You settle the land. So the Kesev Mishnah asked, wait a second, in Yeshua's time there was no Chazaka? What did they do after Kibush? They conquered the land. Then what? Settled it. So, how could you tell me that the only Kedusha that lasts is Chazaka, not Kibush? Well, after Kibush was Chazaka. This thing is, just, they were missing the Kibush element. But they did the Chazaka, it's the same thing. This has Chazaka, that has Chazaka. 
So the distinction between the first and second one, one was achieved through Kibush and one was achieved through Chazaka. They both had Chazaka. So what's the reasoning why the first Kedusha should be short-lived and the second one should be long-lived? It's a good, there are a lot of different approaches. So you, what's your name, by the way? Moshe. Moshe. That, your approach was great. Is it a Rav? I don't want to... No, no, no. Okay. If with answers like that, it <laughs> could be. So your answer was that the first time they actually left for 70 years... And the second time, they never really left. So there was always a Jewish presence. Maybe that's shot. The first one was through a kibush. The next one, and, and kibush can end. If you are conquered, your conquering ends. The second one wasn't through conquering. It was through chazaka. It would be nice if he spelled it out. But your idea is, and if chazaka never ended, the kedusha shouldn't end. Because I, I was listening to a shir by Rabbi Bendarsh, who gave a shir on this topic in Israel. I think for this this past Yom Atzmaut, he gave... An, an answer, just a, a different answer to explain the difference between these two conquerors. They, they both had chazaka. So he gave, I'm going to use a sports analogy. Um, if, uh, if LeBron James makes the Hall of Fame, if, so he, he will, what jersey is he going to wear if they, if they do that? If they, if they, have, like, they don't have a statue like the NFL, but let's say they did. What, what team is he going to be associated with? Cleveland. Cleveland. Now, that's because he grew up in Cleveland, he played for Cleveland, and then he went to Miami for a few years, did very well there, but came back. So he gets Cleveland, because he grew up in Cleveland, played for Cleveland, and now he's back in Cleveland. Let's say he never decided to go back to Cleveland. Let's say his career was in Cleveland to start, then he goes to Miami and does awesome things there and never comes back to Cleveland. Then what jersey does he wear? Some, some, not Cleveland. Well, he goes where he had the great, the great times. So, Rabbi Benner did not give that much. I apologize if I, I took the level of the Kedusha down by using it, but here, here's the, the meaning. He said that be, the first time we went to Israel, we conquered a land which didn't initially, it wasn't settled by us, we conquered somebody else's land. So this doesn't prove that it's really ours. What proves that it's ours is after we're exiled, and we choose to come back. Chazaka. We come back to our, like Eminem Domain, we, we, we come back to our land. If you come back to the land that you once conquered, that's the proof that in your mind, this is your homeland. And that's, you're right, this had Kibush and Chazaka. But because you conquered somebody else, a land that somebody else was, was inhabiting, it's just looked at Kibush. And the Chazaka, yeah, you stay in the land where you just conquered. But because you came back to it a second time, and you were you you came back and you, if you wrote the first time on pencil, then you fill it over with pen, that makes it a davar kayama. That's what it was coming back the second time, even though you didn't have the miracles of the first time. The fact that you came back that shows that the Jewish people have this land. Okay. Um, there's a whole other component to the shear, which I'm not going to go into. I don't want to go over time. But there's a component about Kedushas Hamikdash, and just to just to, in one sentence, there's a we paskin. This is the Rambam's psak that the Kedusha Rishona of the land came and went. There's a Kedusha Rishona, the Kedusha Shnia of the land stayed. The Rambam paskins though that that's true for the land when it comes to the base Hamikdash. Whatever Kedusha was invested 
at the time of the Beis Hamikdash's dedication, in the time of Shlomo, Rishona, that lasted for the seventy years of exile. It lasted it the entire Bayacheni. It didn't even need to be restarted. It just continued. And even after Bayacheni, today there is kedusha of the Mikdash. And the Rambam said this is um, this is the Rambam who says this. It's on the last side. The Rambam says, when it comes to human Kedusha that came through Kibush or comes with Angon Chazaka, we could discuss beginning and ends. When it comes to the Kedusha, the Mikdash, that's Hashem's domain, and He says, Shechina Eina Betela. The Shechina can never be knocked out. And even if, like Rabbi Akiva said, there, there are foxes going through the the, uh, the the ruins of the Beit HaMikdash, that's still a Makam Kadosh. And... To sum up what we did so far, the, the Kedushas Eretz Yisrael, a journey through time. So, during the times of the Avos and the whole Torah, Eretz Yisrael was special. It was the land of Ashgacha, but it wasn't Kadosh. The Kedusha came when Yeshua gave the land, the Kedusha of Harsinai, like we developed. But because that didn't make the land ours, it came through Kibush, but it didn't show full loyalty to the land. That Kibush and that Kedusha could become undone. And for 70 years, there was no Kiddush of the land. And then we come back, we show that Eretz is our land. That reinforces the first Kiddush. It builds off it. And that allows that Kiddush to continue. That's why today, right now, the land of Eretz according to the Rambam and many others, has Kiddush of the land. When it comes to the Magam HaMikdash, that Kiddush never waned at all. And this is the great partnership of Kiddush that Hashem is investing Eretz Yisrael with Kedusha, Kedusha Samikdash. We, the Jewish people, are investing it with this kind of Kedusha from human beings of Kibush and Chazaka. And um, it's that partnership of Kedusha that creates the Kedusha's Eretz Yisrael. We should be blessed on this Yom mood to see, first, to, to appreciate all the last 70 years, to be able to live in a land that has these two Kedushas, Kedusha Haaretz and Kedusha Hamikdash. And we should be blessed to see going forward the real Kedushas Hamikdash in all of its glory to be brought out from its hidden state right now where the land can be invested with the full Kedusha. And like the Kuzari said, we will grow as Jews when we combine our great personal Kedusha with our observance of mitzvahs in the land that's Kadosh and that will take us to the highest heights. Shkodak everybody.